0: Good afternoon, Seattle, Washington, and Little Saigon. It is just after 3 p.m. on January the 10th, 2020, Friday. Thank God it's fucking Friday. I don't know what you're doing out there, but if you're sitting out someplace thinking about your life and where you're going, that's pretty cool. That's right, it's Friday. It is Friday, January the 10th, 2020. The time of resupplicants is upon us. The time of the human hunt, the time of the chasing and the gnawing and the gnashing of teeth. The time of dark skies and dark motives, really. Welcome to this Friday. Welcome to my wonderland of perpetual desire. Are you prepared to relinquish all of your worldly concerns? Are you prepared to unburden yourself of various issues involving your former girlfriend. Are you ready to let go? Are you ready to take it to the next level of the methodologies of male supersexual dominance? Theories of transcendent hierarchy and perfection of the self. You can attend one of my seminars. I'll be holding them down by the fucking airport, not too far from Hooker Lounge. You can attend one of my seminars at the airport, the, the airport Hilton. You can learn to become a, a new kind of person person willing to accept just about anything maybe are you ready to make a change I don't know about you people but the news is fucked and it it, I can I, I worry I worry a little bit about my hunch that currently scandals and bullshit and horrible subjects, and skeletons in closets, and cover-ups, and and again, I'm going about to say this too, that a lot of this will probably end up being true, but a lot of this is being used to pop smoke. It's like, holy fuck, gotta get out of Dodge, gotta leave, we got the alert message, head to your condo in Antarctica... Gather your French bulldog and your hookers. Gather your women and your children. Gather all of your horses and fine art if you can roll into one of those fucking canisters. Gather your gold and diamonds. Gather all your possessions that you want to take with you to your condo. Your underground condo in the Great Alien Pyramid in Antarctica. It's in the Antarctic safe zone. It will be, be the only safe zone once the time of the resupplicants is beho- upon us. So, alert, alert, alert. Get into your your plane, your train, your car... You'll probably have to take a boat or a plane and head to your underground condo in Antarctica. Alert. 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 Yeah. If you're going to do that, if you're going to try to, like, you know, get all the fucking douchebags who cook the planet someplace safe, one way to do this is is to fucking overload the quote-unquote thinking classes with one fucking scandal after another. If you overload them with bullshit, they will not see what you were doing. This is like, you know, kind of like hand magic 101, you know, table magic. You know when you go to that Christmas party and say, oh, there's going to be a magician at your table. Well, that's nice. Although Uncle Dan always watches the hands and everyone gets pissed off. That's the key. Keep your eyes on the fucking hands. Don't listen to him when he says something nice about your dress. Yeah, that's a trick. I just gave away one of my techniques, really. One of my super-dominant male sexual techniques. Say something nice about the dress. It is a horrible thought in my head that I cannot escape from currently. And that is, what if a lot of this, um, a lot of this quote-unquote revelation, you know, and, and, and much of this is tied up with what I would call the urban mythology, um, the urban legend surrounding this Q, QAnon, the secret white hats in the deep state, the good guys at the CIA and the NSA and the DIA and the DOD, the nice guys, the nice men and women. I don't know what they've been doing my whole fucking adult life. It's really great that they showed up at, at, at literally the worst fucking time after we've been stripped of every fucking freedom. Wow, in the nick of time their cavalry, you arrived to, to basically, you know, save Custer... At little bighorn. But you're going to... Really now, given your timing... You're simply going to save us time because you can dig grapes. Because they're all dead. Yeah, if there is this Q bullshit... Way to be late to the fucking party. You know, way to, way to be late to the situation. We have so... Buried. If there was ever a free republic in this country, we have so buried it under tyranny and empire and bullshit. And now we've got the magical white hats who are digging out the stranded airplane of the free republic and they're going to rebuild it like they're characters in a movie and they're stuck in the desert. And some crazy German dude who makes model airplanes, yeah, like that movie Fly the Phoenix, some crazy German dude, and I mean the original, not the fucking remake fucking remake the original flight of the phoenix okay if you've never seen it i think jimmy stewart was in it too and anyways they crash in the desert and they need to rebuild their plane if they want to survive well here's the deal folks i don't know if q is real i don't know if it's bullshit but i am fairly certain on a basic level that if it is real, they've really fucked up because they have come late to the party. There is no fucking plane. It is a smoking crater. There is nothing to rebuild. You guys are late to the party. If you're legit, and I don't think you are, you're so fucking late to the party, you might as well fucking go home. Okay? The options at this point are the following. End the empire and maybe give this country a chance or push the empire further and probably send the world into some horrible scenario. That's it. Those are your options. End the empire. Which I would love, you know, if we just ended the fucking empire. Sure, at home it would still suck, because you status can't avoid like getting in people's personal lives. But still, if you took away the military industrial complex and a lot of the security state bullshit, life for somebody that just wants to live free would get better. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. Anywho, I have this fear in my heart at times that all these revelations and all this fucking disclosure and all the quote-unquote truth, which, not sarcastically, might actually contain a great deal of truth. I mean, if you really want to pop smoke, you better give people some really good red meat, if you know what I'm saying. If you want to pop smoke, you better use the good stuff. If you want to get the sharks riled up, you better use good meat. Not plastic, not crap, not fucking sawdust. Actual good meat, and you'll get those sharks going. So yes, I think there's truth in all this crap. I think there's a lot of truth and they are overwhelming people with truth. And what does that imply? That implies that they don't think people hearing this truth will have any fucking power at all at some point in the future. You need to fucking think about this for a second. You can believe there's a cadre of white hats, okay, operating in the deep state, okay? Somehow they're avoiding Israeli assassination squads. Because at this point, the Israelis would be taking these people out. If this fucking Q thing existed, the Israelis would have already taken them out. Do you understand that every piece of computer hardware more or less manufactured in this country is exploited at the hardware scale? Which means that the CIA and the Israelis own you. If you're Q, they already know who you are. They know where you live, they know about your kids, they know everything. But let's say you believe this, fine, 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 you've got the option. Option A, you think there's this guy named Q or a group of people calling themselves Q who are operating on behalf of the good people in the CIA and the NSA and the deep state. That is scenario one. Highly unlikely bullshit that would be taken out by Mossad, the very second Israel got any notion it was happening. And since this shit is being fucking published through YouTube and other venues, yeah, I would, I would think the Mossad would know by now. Just a fucking FYI. So these people would be taken out. I'm so sorry that you're confused about that. But that is option A. You can believe that all this fucking disclosure is because there's good people operating in the fucking crocodile brain. That's one option. Option B is the scary one. That the reason why all this shit is being released is because they... they two things. Number one... They need all of us to be really busy and focused on crap, focused on the wrong thing. It's table magic. It's hand magic. It's basic magic. Focus on the wrong thing, misdirection. They need us focused on the wrong thing. They need us obsessed with bullshit. They need to buy themselves time. And what's most important is that at this point in time, it doesn't matter. Which means implied in all this truthology is that there comes a point in the near future, a year away, two years away, three years, I don't know, maybe sooner, when none of this is going to matter. There'll be no internet, there'll be no talk shows, there'll be no investigations. That's option B. Now, given what I know of human history and the general bullshit of human beings that, you know, whatever, given what I know about people, Option A seems extraordinarily unlikely but very optimistic, extremely optimistic. So if you're a, a surreal optimist, then the idea that there's this cadre or cabal of good people in the deep state fighting the good fight, avoiding Israeli Mossad agents and assassins, and yet at the same time publishing all their plans online, If you want to believe that, that's great. That is nonsense, but fine. You know, believe nonsense if it makes you feel better. Knowing what I know about people, option B is way more likely. And that's why I've been a little bit worried about this fucking, all this information. You think, Dan, that's weird. Why would it bother you? Why would it bother you to know the truth? And listen, I, I want to know the truth. But I also know that if the truth is being leaked in this way it probably doesn't imply anything good. It doesn't mean we're doomed, but I can tell you the scenarios aren't that great, Um, including what is most likely, what is very likely, um, um, not the Q thing, but another possibility. Let's call this option C. Option C is we're seeing the infighting of the elites and the victims and some of the casualties are falling by the wayside And that means that our government, one of the most powerful governments in human history, is currently unstable. That's the the option C, which in many ways is more optimistic than B. Which is, they're letting us know about this shit, they're dumping it out there, all the data dumps. And this might even include WikiLeaks. Like, like if I'm right, and option B is it, then even WikiLeaks might have been engineered. Um, I'm not saying Julian Assange was in on it, but he might have been used by them to be this massive data dump. Get all this noise, get all this chaos to cover the escape. Because one of the things implied in option B is that it doesn't matter that all this stuff is being released. That is the, the core essence of option B. If they're dumping it on purpose... If this is on purpose, that means they believe a point in time exists in the future when none of this will matter. None of it. So option A is great. Believe in the heroes of the QAnon movement. Option C is almost as good. Believe that the elite are currently killing each other and taking each other out and doing data dumps on each other. I mean, it's still a bunch of assholes, but it's a bunch of assholes who are focusing their bullshit on each other, and maybe that's not so bad. But it's still kind of terrible, and it does imply our government is unstable at this point. But the most likely option is all of this fucking disclosure and all these fucking investigations and all the QAnon and all this bullshit, which contains a lot of truth, All of it, the the Epstein stuff, all of this is on purpose. All of this is to mystify and confuse and to horrify and to shock and to put people in such a state that they are incapable of grasping reality. And while people are dealing with that, the elite, in my opinion, are preparing themselves for the dark winter to come. That's my opinion. So yeah, sorry if that was a long drawn out confused discussion from your perspective. Um, felt like I needed to talk about it because it's been worrying me. You know, One of the baseline assumptions I operate under at this point is that almost nothing is really by accident um, with respect to, especially when it comes to information, because guys, the media is controlled, the media is owned. They control every switch, they control everything. So if something gets released that's big, it's highly unlikely that it's released by accident. It's highly unlikely that it just gets out there. It's way more likely that it's designed to confuse and to baffle. Mm -hmm. And here's what's worse, okay? Before we go to the next topic, here's what's really worse. Some of these people that you look at, like Donald Trump, for example, or you know, even Hillary Clinton, these people might still be too low in the hierarchy to even know the truth. Like, Donald Trump might actually think that the 2020 election means something. Like, he may actually believe he's president. I'm not saying that he does believe it. But he might actually believe he's president and has powers and whatnot. Um, so, so you never know. I mean, the thing about stooges... Stooges and toadies and various function, functionaries and, you know, all these little peons that people use, these pawns, um, the thing about these types of people is that sometimes they're convinced that, they're, that they are the motive of their own existence, that they even convince themselves that they're not playing a part, that they're not simply a puppet on a string. So I don't know if Donald Trump believes it or not, but here's the deal. The people we see in public might be too small to have a magical condo in, in Antarctica. What I'm saying is if, if there is a magical condo complex in, in Antarctica, it probably doesn't house more than 100,000 people. And 100,000 people, you may think that's a lot of people, but when you include experts, you know, people that can rebuild, people that can... builders and experts and engineers. And the right proportion of genetic mix, when you get through all of it, what you end up with is probably people like Hillary and Donald are not invited. And they might not even know that this whole thing exists. I mean, that's the thing, folks. When you live in a fun house, when you live in a house of mirrors, a house of angles and misdirection and confusion, even the person that thinks they're the captain of the ship might just be another lowly slave it's just that from their perspective they seem like they're in charge may not be aware of this, but I went ahead, hold on a second I need to make a note of something Okay, sorry about that, I had to take a little break there, need to get some water I need to irrigate my, the moisture zones of my mouth Ah Did you hear that? (laughs) Is that live or is that Memorex? And if you're going to complain about hearing things that you don't want to hear on the Little Saigon Report, I feel like you've tuned into the wrong fucking channel. But I understand where you're coming from. You're basically saying, Dan, if your body makes noises, that's a private thing, and it kind of is. But maybe sometimes it's okay to hear that other people, you know, sometimes they fart. Sometimes their diet is made up of things they should not consume and so they get gassy. Sometimes their insides are melting out of them because when you get old that's what happens. Next topic. So there's been a lot of action at the apartment across the way, and where I live here in Little Saigon. Just, you know, full disclosure, I live near 12th Avenue, not far from Yesler, and that's all I'm, that's, that's I'm going to say. But yeah, there's been a lot of action not far from where I live. I can actually see it. The last couple days, lots of ambulances, cops, sirens, you name it. And I can tell you, when I walk down the street and I go past this particular complex, I usually, I sometimes get this nasty feeling. Like, if I stare at the place, if I look at it, if I lock eyes on that building, if I lock eyes on that dread building, it will look at me. And whatever demon possesses that apartment complex will follow me home. yeah, the last couple days um, there's been a lot of activity. Not the good kind. And it's one of those situations where you say to yourself, you know, if it's like a phrase. Even, even when I was an atheist, I would use this phrase, there but for the grace of God. And you wonder to yourself, well, what does that mean exactly? It's because... In this life, there might be places that are so terrible, so ugly, so mean, that you almost need the grace of God to visit those places. Somebody I care about, a friend of mine, worked for a short time as, you know, an advocate, an agent, um, a person for Child Protective Services. They were able to do it for a few months. And at one point early on, this friend told me that most people, they could do the street work for child protective services for about a year where he lived. Because the things you'd see, the god-awful way that people treat each other, and that includes the government, maybe even mostly the government. The way in which that whole thing works is so fucked and so horrible that it just it chews people up. And if you have a soul if you give a shit you probably wouldn't survive being in cps because cps has nothing to do with helping children if that if you believe that's the goal of cps you're confused about the crocodile and government and the whole thing and if you want to say well i know someone that was helped well maybe you do i would contend that a healthy community would take care of its kids Um, without the government. But maybe you think a, a gun needs to be pointed at somebody's head for there to be positive outcomes. That isn't the point of this whole fucking thing here, though. The point is, there are times when you see things, you see things that are so ugly, you say to yourself, you know, is there anything uglier than this? Could it be worse than this? And as an American, holy shit, As an American, can I just say this, if you haven't heard it from me before? As an American, if you haven't heard this from me before, um, even if you're poor, you still probably live better than most of the people on planet Earth. I think I mentioned this story, but when I was stationed in Korea, I was in Seoul one day with a bunch of officers, and there was this man who had no, he had no legs. He basically, but he wasn't in a wheelchair, he was face down in the street on essentially a little trolley that a mechanic would use to get underneath a car, pulling himself around, begging for help, begging for food. And the thing is, it wasn't necessarily the worst example of anything ever, but it, it struck me at the time that there was something brutal about it. Like, in America, at least he would have a wheelchair. You'd think that there would at least be a wheelchair. But in, in South Korea at the time, no, even the wheelchair is something saved for the person that is not forgotten or discarded. The discarded people can just pull themselves around on a board with wheels. And who knows how this man lost his legs. He might have lost them in Vietnam. I don't know if you know this, but rock soldiers, Republic of Korea soldiers, actually participated in the Vietnam War. Yeah, that's right, South Korea. So this guy could have been a Vietnam vet who was pulling himself around on a chunk of wood with with little fucking wheels on it, and it was just perfectly normal. And I'm not saying we treat vets better. I mean, we treat vets like crap. Let's just get that one out of the fucking way. We treat veterans like shit in this country. We say we don't. We constantly say we support the troops until we have to. Until we actually have to clean up the mess that we left behind. Which includes a lot of broken souls and broken minds. And broken spirits. And people that won't easily integrate back into society after participating in something called war. We, we are shitty to our vets here in America. Considering what we put them through, considering what we expect from them, we treat them like crap. And one of the reasons why we get away with it, and it's so fucking perfect given how corrupt our system is, is we say, well, it's a volunteer army. You made a choice to do it. Well, that's true. That is true. A lot of people make a choice to serve. I did that once. I was really stupid once. Not twice, but I was that stupid once. A lot of people make the choice to serve. Some of us serve in peacetime. I I was never in combat. Some people serve in combat, and that's hell. I don't know what it looks like, but my guess is it's probably as close to hell as you're going to get. And keep in mind, this is a Christian talking, so yes, I believe in hell. And I would say that probably modern warfare is as near to fucking hell as you're going to ever get, okay, unless you actually go straight to hell. (sighs) There but for the grace of God. I have a friend in St. Louis, and he works in public safety, and that's all I'm going to say. And every once in a while, he'll send me information, little stories about the stuff he sees in his job. And in my heart, I want to say to this dude, 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 you know, I wish there was a way for you to quit this job because this job sounds horrible. But he's like everybody else. It's a fucking job. There are people that clean toilets on the Death Star. Okay? And, let, and I'll let you in a little secret. And it's going to shock you because I'm an anarchist. Because I know there are no clean jobs. Because I know that even the pizza delivery man is probably keeping up the morale of some drone assassin. Because there are no clean jobs on the Death Star, I try not to get so obsessed with that question any longer. Believe me, there was a time in the not so distant past, like 10 years ago. I got twisted and turned inside about corruption. I thought, I couldn't imagine that people put up with the amount of corruption there was. And and this and this continued for years. Like, I, I think it was the 2016 election when I finally threw up my hands and said, you know, all this corruption is not only by design, but it's just the way it works. It's the system. You know, you think it's a, a tumor. People look at the corruption in government and they think it's like a tumor in cancer, right? A, to, a cancer tumor. But what if it's the opposite? What if government itself, you know, is the fucking cancer? I'm just saying. Anyways, I got a friend in St. Louis and he'll tell me horrible stories. And they're the kinds of stories where you say to yourself, how can there be a God if you're not, you know, meditating on that question seriously? Because if you're a serious question, you don't say things. If you're a serious Christian, excuse me, you you generally don't say stuff. If you're a serious Christian, you probably accept the fact that the human shit, the stuff we do to each other, that's pretty much our fucking fault. We cannot blame that on God. You, you know, if we poison the rivers and kill all the fish, I'm gonna lay in a little secret. God didn't do that to you. you. You know, humans did that to you. And if you wanna be deeply philosophical, you did that to you, you clever fucking monkey. You wanted the convenience of, of you know, drive-throughs and deliveries and everything else that goes with modernity. But fuck, who would have told you that little kids dig cobalt and that rivers get poisoned? Holy fuck, no one told you that, did they? They didn't tell you that there was another side to that. Because, well, frankly, they understood the truth of the Milgram experiment. If you want people to do nasty-ass shit, don't ever let them hear the fucking screams, you stupid fuck. If anything, show pictures of little kitten... kitty cats. Little kitty cats. Little kitty cats playing. Little videos of cats. That's what you show. You don't. That's what they hear and see. You don't show them some dude in a room screaming about, if you shock me again, it might kill me, blah, blah, blah. Listen, guys. Eichmann was a paper pusher. He didn't have to kill anybody unless he wanted to, not directly. So, yeah, that's the situation, people. They show you little kitty cats. Kitty cats playing. They don't show you the truth. And I'll also say this, too. There is an argument to be made, and I've heard it over the holidays, various holidays in the last 10 years, really, over Christmas and Thanksgiving, that certain topics are A, beyond our control, and B, just really depressing. And I agree. I agree. In fact, this last Christmas, I actually made a concerted effort to stay off dark topics. Um, I, I might have screwed up at times, but I really did try. When I was around people, I said, you know what, Dan? The Little Saigon Report is where you get to talk all kinds of crazy-ass shit. Let people have their Christmas. And for the most part, I was able to succeed at this. But I got to say, I I understand the perspective. If you can't stop it, if you can't end it, if it's simply, if the government itself is the cancer and you live on the Death Star and the best-case scenario is the Death Star has a partial explosion. I mean, that's really what we're looking at as a best-case scenario. The reactor half-explodes, and so not everybody dies. But maybe we get a country again that isn't a piece-of-shit empire country, but maybe actually a free country. Wouldn't that be awesome if America were a, were the land of the free and the home of the brave shit? What if we got a campaign going? A petition put on the White House website. Make America... The Land of the Free, I like this, it's catchy. Land of the Free and the Home of the Brave. That is catchy as fuck. I think that would sell. Yep, there's a lot of action going on near me the last few nights. A lot of helicopters going to Harborview. I know I joke about that being oil or commodity trade, commodities traders in Bellevue having heart attacks. That's not funny because, you know, <laughs> that shit probably happens. Um, if you don't know this, Harborview Medical Center in Seattle is the premier... Um, It's not just the county hospital, it is the county hospital. And if you don't know anything about what a county hospital is, if you've never worked around hospitals, do yourself a favor and never do. But the county hospital is more or less what we would call the public hospital at this point. So, yeah, anyways. Harborview is also a level one trauma center. And they got a helipad and helicopters can deliver you safely After your Tesla exploded and you got horrible burns over 90% of your body and the battery from the Tesla completed the circuit through your cock, now your penis is a fossilized calcified thing and this is very poignant. This is very sad. Very sad. I have mentioned in the, in the previous podcast that I did something bad. Very, and this is bad, this is counterproductive. To me, keeping my New Year's resolutions, one of which is to exercise, another of which is to get my ass going on some good fiction. Well, if not good fiction, Some fiction that I can publish, you know, SoundCloud. Stories that might be a little less stressful than the reality. If not less stressful, weird enough to make you forget. But I gotta get off my fucking ass and write the first chapter. If I write the first chapter, I'm convinced I'll keep going. I won't give up on you. Don't give up on me, baby. Don't give up anyways but I did something bad I went on the Twitter uh, you know I swore off social media except like I say sometimes I'll, you know like Minds. I went on Minds.com this last year for a while because someone told me it might be a good place for me you know it was probably the best place I could have gone and I didn't get kicked off I just deleted my own account but it's just it's such a black hole Social media is so much bullshit. that What I have discovered about all social media, to include alternative, whatever the fuck that means, is that the more honest and real you are about your life in America these days, the more you piss people off. Um, and, and you really piss them off if you're not unhappy. Like, if you're unhappy about your situation, then it's like, oh, okay, we can be the sympathy brigade and tell you about the magical bullshit. But what if you're like Uncle Dan and you're simply mostly okay with the fact that your situation is what it is? So yeah, I created a fake Twitter account, Hector Nunez. Hector Nunez, who is ostensibly a Mexican-American or a American-Mexican, or just a regular Mexican. He is a Mexican man of honor, that's what it says on his profile. He expects respect, it also says that, and it says also in Spanish, The streets are as hard as ice. The streets are as hard as ice. Now, of course, the website link and the various media should obviously point, including comments, that it is not, in fact, Hector. That Hector is probably not real, but Uncle Dan has learned a little bit about the game theory and psychology of social media. Here's one of the first rules of really learning how to fuck with people with a fake account on Twitter. Find the group you hate the most. Pretend to blend in. You have to like like comments you're gonna hate. You're gonna have to make comments. You're gonna hate pretending to. Oh, you're so smart, Greta Thunberg. Thank you, Kamala Harris. Thank you, Beto. Yeah, you you do you go take all those guns from Texas guys. That'll work out great, Beto. I can imagine you heading into town and getting all the guns right in your fucking face. Yeah, Hector Nunez. Um, anyway, the first thing you need to know about fucking with people and social media, and this is gonna sound counterintuitive, but if you follow this rule, you can create you can create fake accounts really fast with lots of followers. The first rule is, a, put yourself in the group that you hate. So pretend to be them. Don't be. The opposition, that's silly, that's never gonna work. It's not a free system. The social media isn't about freedom, it's its not. If you think it is about free expression, <laughs> it's not. Anywho, you pretend to be the thing you hate. You, you take on their cloak. And I don't mean lame NPC, you know, pretend to be, but you really are obviously pretending. No, 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 I mean method acting. I mean method acting. I mean when you create that Twitter account, you need to have as much detail as possible. And I would even say this, if you have the money, you probably want to use a burner phone. Because a lot of the multi-factor systems now, in terms of social media, they will track you by your phone and if they ban you, they'll ban your phone. And you say, well, Dan, can I just get a number from some website? You can, but it turns out a lot of these social media companies are smart about that too. So it really, it doesn't work that well. So here's the deal. Um, you probably want to have a burner, a burner phone or figure out a way to get somebody to create the account. In fact, that's probably the best way. That doesn't cost you any money. Find somebody that is not on Twitter and say, listen, um, Veronica Machendez, Listen, Bob McGillicuddy. Listen, Patrick Smith. Will you create an account for me? And then once you create it, Method acting. Apply the method. Get into it. Don't be lame. Don't be lame about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda be a Mexican dude. Fucking, you know what? If you can't speak Spanish, use Google Translate. And the key to Google Translate is use simple statements. Don't use complicated statements. Google Trek Translate will barf on those. But use simple statements like Trump is evil that is easily translated in fact there's lots of statements like that that are probably shotgun hash table one-to-one translated with basic substitution yeah you know what guys if you want to attack somebody on social media you have to get into them you have to be like them you have to like their comments. You have to pump up their egos. That's rule two. You want to get people to do stuff for you on social media? You want to control them? Pump their egos. But you've got to be smart about it. It can't be like clicking the, the little heart button on every single post. You've got to mix it up and you have to apply it to groups of people. So it looks like, again, you're ingratiating yourself into the group. Pump their egos. A lot of people are on social media, the actual people and not the robots, and guess what? The robots are easy to fool. They're mostly looking to see if you follow them back, they're mostly looking to see who you follow. Again, phase one of creating your fake account, you have to not just pretend to be the thing you hate, you have to follow the people you hate. And you have to like their posts, and you have to say nice things. That's phase one. Actually, phase one is is commit yourself to the method. Phase two is ingratiate ingratiate yourself in the group. Phase three is pump their egos. Pump their egos. And then get to some critical mass that you think you can get to without being banned by Twitter. Because Twitter, Twitter is getting smarter about how they track this shit. They're not that smart, but they're smarter. Like, I would say they're more intelligent today than they were, you know, 12, 10, whatever years ago. And once you've done all this, once you've created your magical Hector Nunez or Sylvia LaPaya or, you know, Jingus Matruco, who was a transgendered slave in New York City. Once you've created your perfect character, that's when you start fucking with people. That's when you start leaving weird comments. Comments that are ambiguous as fuck. And that's when you don't engage in what I would call the anger talk. You engage in what I call question talk. It's like if they say, why are you so racist? You should respond, what do you mean by racist? And that can continue for a while until they just get burnt out. They won't want to do that. They'll want you to get all angry and to use dirty words. Don't do that. You're going to lose your account too quickly. Now if you're really smart what you do is you build this perfect account and then you get yourself close to somebody who is an influencer on Twitter or Facebook and what you do is you get them to repost crap. You get them to repost bullshit. Like you come up with some story of some shit that never happened. And you get them to repost that shit. And if it's the right combination, if the language is right, if they if they believe that the story could be true, which means it has at least a smell of a quasi-plausibility, then that that celebrity, that influencer, that person that everyone looks up to, that person that everybody likes, you know... Everyone likes this person. They will listen and then they, they will repost the story that is made up and they will look like fools. And here's another thing too, people. If you understand how truly toxic social media is, how truly bad for you it is, just making your enemies um, put a make-believe person into their universe that they have to deal with psychologically is harming them. So if one of your goals is to simply harm your enemies on Twitter or Facebook, believe it or not, the best way you do this is by getting close. Not by getting far away. You've got to get really close. You have to get so close you start sending messages to each other. You talk about you know, how many abortions you've had. Oh, I've had yeah seventeen abortions since my first six wives, you know, first husbands left me. Wow, yeah, I've had I've had lots of abortions. Yeah, I've had lots of sex with lots of strange people. Yeah, let's bond over our chlamydia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had all of my systems removed. Let's bond over our trauma. Let's bond over all of the things, the terrible things that happen to people. And let's see who gets gaslit first. Now here's the deal, folks. I'm telling you right now that if you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook, if you're on LinkedIn or any of these fucking time sucks, you are wasting your fucking life. Now, while I understand, you know, job boards for finding work, you know, I, I, I use Indeed when I'm looking for shit, but I used to use Monster.com. I won't use LinkedIn because that shit is bullshit. That is a job, that is a social media platform masquerading as a job board, LinkedIn. That is, bull, that is total Microsoft bullshit, LinkedIn total fucking Microsoft up-the-butt bullshit. Anywho. So, yeah, I think Hector Nunez has a couple more days. And so, if you want to enjoy Hector... You can click on the Twitter link in the description of this podcast. There's also one in the previous, I think. And you can... You know, get into it. Get into Hector. Next topic. This next topic, I'm going to read from an article from the Washington Post, so please don't vomit, okay? You know, just because I read Pravda or Isvestia does not mean I believe Pravda or Isvestia. This article was published ostensibly today around 2.28 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's around 2.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time today. Excuse me, no, yesterday, I'm sorry. This article was published yesterday around 2.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, yesterday, January 9th, 2020. And the author is Brittany Shamus. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm not sure that I care. Sorry, Brittany. I'm sorry. Headline, and this is from the Washington Post yesterday, headline, Hoaxers are using the Australia wildfires to spread misinformation, sometimes for profit. Wow, that's kind of horrible. In a striking video, sh- video shared more than a million times on Twitter, a woman in a flowing white dress is wrapped in a long embrace with a kangaroo... And I quote, Kangaroo can't stop hugging the volunteer who saved her life, wrote the unidentified user who shared it. To many, the implication was clear. The woman, who one observer noted was literally dressed like an angel too, quote, had rescued the grateful creature from the fires ravaging Australia. i drink some water here, if that's okay. Except that's not at all what the video showed. As the woman featured in the video, in style editor Chief Laura Brown has repeatedly tried to clarify it was taken at an animal sanctuary last month. There were no fires there, and Brown didn't save the kangaroo's life. To her frustration, the person who lifted the clip, which was recorded by Tawny Pasmore Barnes of the kangaroo sanctuary, didn't just misrepresent it. The person roasted rants at roasted rants which is the twitter handle also tried to profit from it linking to websites hawking phone phone cases and jewelry there's worse things than a meme being shared and and i quote there's worse things than a meme a meme being shared of showing affection to an animal i'm not going to criticize that but it's the ignorant and mercenary way things are sold off the back of it that offends me Brown wrote in a message to the Washington Post. And from the look of it, others too. Ha ha ha. You know, welcome to disasters in the digital age. Every time a major incident rocks the news, hoaxers try to make stolen, misleading or all-out fake images go viral. They often succeed as social media users amplify evocative but dubious content in the stampede for information. In fact, The same fake picture of a shark swimming on a street has gone viral during at least four hurricanes. (laughs) It will inevitably go viral in the next one. I'll let you guys read the rest of this on your own. If I'm cracking up, it means you should just read the rest of it on your own. Um, Boy, what do we file this one under? Um, What do we file this one under, people? Hold on a second. Sorry about that. I had to double check my time. Um, the way I have my my recorder mounted, it's upside down. And sometimes the light from the my, my room will glare at the screen. And reading upside down time in a glare. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes I don't. Anywho, I, I, I don't know why this story attracted me. I think it attracted me because there's almost an inherent hypocrisy baked into it. Like, I remember for so many years, especially when Obama was president, I would see these pictures of some new tragedy from Syria. Oh, Assad is using barrel bombs. Assad is killing childrens. Assad is using chemical weapons, fuck. Assad is forcing refugees to flee Syria and drown in the Mediterranean, shit. That fucking Bashir Assad, right? Assad? That fucking Assad. But the thing is, a lot of those stories turned out to be complete and total bullshit. In fact, they turned out to be hoaxes based on disaster. So I'm kind of calling bullshit on this moral outrage by this woman because it's like, listen lady, did you read the article that came out the o- came out about people leaking from the OPCW? Yeah, that's the Organization for the Protection for the Prevention of Chemical Warfare, the OPCW. It turns out that internally They believe that the 2017 Duma chemical attack in Syria was not a chemical attack and it was probably total bullshit. Now, tell me, did the Washington's, how much time do you think the Washington Post and Time Magazine, magazine, New York Times, how much time do you think these morally outraged fuckers have spent on that or the Afghanistan papers? Or half the shit that's coming out right now. Well, I think one reason why they don't spend time on it is because that's not the purpose of the truth releases. And that gets to the first subject of today, which I don't want to revisit because it's depressing. But yeah, I read this and I thought, holy fuck, how fucking hypocritical. How fucking tone deaf. How stupid are you, Brittany, that you wrote this shit? Yeah, it's true. There are fuckers taking advantage of the terrible tragedies in Australia you know what, if you're a voter, there are people taking advantage of advantage of tragedies and you every 2 to 4 years depending upon which elections you vote in. And these people will hijack a tragedy and they'll make bullshit claims like oh, I don't know, Obama saying some dude had a had a what? He had a tonsillectomy and it cost him a bazillion dollars. How many people checked up on his bullshit? And I think he was jumping on tragedy there. Or what about the, the actress from 19, yeah, 1990, 91 who went before the Senate and the Congress and a bunch of fucking journalists and told us about Iraqi troops throwing babies out of incubators. Yeah, all of what she said turned out to be total fucking bullshit. And so the bullshit that Washington Post or the New York Times or any of you fuckers produce or have produced my whole fucking life, that bullshit fills the oceans. But you're stressed out because some fucking person is taking advantage of a kangaroo picture or video. That that to me, that's what was striking about this fucking story. That's what caught my eye, was that holy fucking shit... Do you understand that this is your entire fucking profession now? All you guys do is produce bullshit propaganda based on emotional crap. All of it is untrue for the most part, and where it is true, you don't really tell us, so you might as well say it's all a lie. Yeah. Next topic. Next topic. I was going to talk about this whole Nigerian mafia problem in Europe, but I felt like it could get too racist too fast. I read this article on Zero Hedge about the Nigerian mafia, and I was thinking, Dan, just stay away from anything involving Nigeria or email scams or princes who have $100 million in the Nigerian central bank. Dear Sir... I have one hundred million dollars. You know that's over a gorillion. But I can't get at it. Sadly, the Nigerian Central Bank tells me that I have to pay some weird-ass fee that they cannot subtract from the principal. It's about ten grand. If you pay me ten grand, Mr. Sullivan, I kajumi pajumi. Prince of Nigeria, I'll pay you 10 million bucks if you give me 10 grand. The Thing is, though, this isn't really about racism. This is about desperation. You know, people are desperate. And guess what? If you have lots of desperation and lots of lawyers and lots of government, you're gonna, you're gonna, ha- you're not only gonna have lots of crime, but you're gonna have a lot of really crooked, dangerous criminals. Uh, for all sorts of reasons, not the least of which you've told all of your citizens, don't worry, you don't need to arm yourselves. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, you can't own a gun. Yeah, we know the Nigerians don't ask for permission. Sorry, we didn't explain that to you when you gave up your guns. Yeah, we didn't really explain that the criminals... ...that pretty much by definition don't obey the law. So they don't really give a shit about the gun shit. And if you say, but what about the laws that make it harder on the criminals that they get caught with a gun? Mm. See, lawyer. Yeah, if you have lawyers, then that is not going to work. Sorry lawyers told you it would (laughs) work yeah they lied oh shit you didn't know lawyers lied you didn't know that lawyers lied well that's really cute next topic This is a good one. It's about a local company, a local business gone bad. And the company is called Boeing. Boeing. Boeing Aerospace. Anyways, I am not going to read the article because I think you probably have seen it on Zero Hedge. I will include a link to it. I will include a link to it in the description of this podcast. But I was reading Zero Hedge, as I so seldom do, because it's really the only outlet for Pravda and Izvestia I enjoy at this point. And if you don't know, Pravda and Izvestia, I think they're still Russian. I think they might still be alive. Like, I don't think they ever went out of business. But during the Soviet time, yeah, those were the papers, the Pravda, which means truth, and Izvestia. Yep. Yeah, great, truth. Anyways, um, yeah, it turns out that not only was the Boeing 737 MAX badly designed, but that probably people knew that it was badly designed. And what makes it even worse, they might have been told to just not give a shit or just to do it. Now, some of you would say, well, Dan, this is terrible, but it's just a bad apple. It's just a bad apple. Uh, No, it's not. I have worked around technology for almost 20 years, and, and in the last few years, yes, I, I'm more or less working about 50% of the time, but I still end up circling back to that fucking toilet bowl. I have no doubt that in May of this year, I'll probably have to go back to someplace like Willie's, unless I can figure out a way to monetize this podcast. But yeah, anyways, I've been around technology. And if you think that it's special that there were managers and engineers at Boeing that made decisions that put people's lives at risk, if you think that's the exception and not the rule, you've not been around technology in the last 20 years and you've not been around corporate America. And if you say, well, only if, if only the engineers ran things, if only there were more regulations and regulators. Yeah, that's how we got here, okay? The engineers are just engineers. There are good engineers and bad engineers. And if you have bad engineers running companies, guess what happens? Those companies do badly. And sometimes they do bad things. Like for example, cover up flaws in the design of an airplane. Cover up flaws in the design of a component that goes in an airplane. Cover up flaws in a component that will inevitably lead to the deaths of people. And then to have that conversation and then to put any of that in an email, Well, that's the height of stupidity, but guess what? That's also corporate America at this point. They know. These people know. At a certain level, they know. They are untouchable. Now, yeah, 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 some of them lose their jobs, and, you know, some people end up getting their golden parachutes taken away. But other than some low-level schmucks, no one ever goes to jail. No one ever really pays. Lots and lots of people die because these motherfuckers at Boeing decided that their bottom line was more important than people's lives. Lots of people died. And you would think that this would be considered criminal negligence. Like in a world, you know, I love it over Christmas, people saying, Dan, the reason why I vote is I believe in government. You do? You believe in government? So what? We need more regulations then and it'll fix it this time. Listen, folks. We have been piling on lawyers and regulations for hundreds of years now and we're now at the point where we are drowning under bullshit and any more regulations will simply make this problem worse, not better. You think the regulations make things better? No, 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 no. These are things that allow the monsters and the creeps to hide. And then on a deeper level, you know, you could say this is related to a kind of moral failing in America. It's like Jack Welch. You know, I can't believe anybody quotes that fucker. I think it's a matter of public record at this point that the quote-unquote miracle at General Electric, the Jack Welch miracle, was a lot of accounting fraud. It wasn't anything. If you read his fucking book and you said, I want to be like Jack Welch. I want to be a true American leader in business. Well, guess what? He lied. His leadership, his success was the result of accounting fraud. So if you're going to come back and say, well, Dan, that's okay, that's what businesses do, then shut the fuck up about regulators because you're already telling me you know they don't work. You know it doesn't work. You want the solution to the Nigerian mob You want the solution to fuckers at Boeing who put your children's lives at risk because they don't give a fuck about the engineering? You want the solution to all this crap? It's really simple. More freedom, not less. Ordinary, everyday people, if they're allowed their freedom, believe me, they will take care of business. Even if it amounts to, guess what, they'll simply refuse to patronize you. And without a government, without magical free money from a central bank, guess what? Companies like Boeing cease to exist. What was it Timothy Geithner said and got us all to believe? What was it that Obama and his administration preached in the first 15 seconds that they took office just about? Too big to fail. General Motors is too big to fail. Bank of America is too big to fail. These companies are too big to fail. They are too big to succeed. They are too big to function. They are too big to be to be anything other than cancerous. You think this is special, this Boeing thing? I'm a, you need to meditate, motherfucker, if you think this is special. Because, yeah, there are people, there are engineers, there are crooked corporations in charge of the 100 nuclear reactors in the united states of america and all the chemical plants and all the all the potentially dangerous shit that could ruin your fucking day and probably on average they're about as ethical as these motherfuckers at boeing the guys who make sure that there is a backup generator at a boiling water nuclear power plant in the united states are probably, on average, as ethical as these fuckers that thought these planes were safe. And really, they didn't. They didn't think they were safe. They knew that they weren't safe. That's what's in the fucking emails. Guess what? These people are everywhere. In 2010, and you could call this one of the events that started my decade of joy, along with that, the death of my mom. But um, in 2010, I was working at a major hospital. And, and that's all I'll say. And this hospital was implementing Microsoft Amalga, a chunk of software designed by an ER physician in DC who knew how to write code in Microsoft Access. Yeah, da dun Anyways, somebody knew somebody. So when Obama passed the 2009 Omnibus Stimulus Package, the, the trillion dollar monkey bus, And one of the features of the trillion-dollar bullshit was something called meaningful use money. Meaningful use, okay? Well, guess what? Microsoft Amalga was funded by taxpayer meaningful use money. And it was a screaming pile of software shit. It had a virtually guaranteed polynomial search time. And in fact, at one point I was certain, because of its design it was really non-deterministic polynomial but it was at least polynomial so here you have 200 terabytes of data and because of a really shitty design the cost for searching it is n squared and I don't want to go into the details of what that means but you gotta know that's bad that's bubble sort bad that there's no excuse for that bad not with hash tables not with indexing it's just plain stupid I could keep going Microsoft Amalga was a steaming pile of shit. Microsoft got paid for it. Microsoft made money off of it. And then, when it was clear it was a steaming pile of shit, they more or less handed it off to you-know-who, General Electric. Now it's Caradigm Amalga. Fucking people a different way. Now, anyways, by now I hope they fix the flaws, right? You would think by now, version whatever of Amalga, they fixed the shit that's wrong. But I can tell you version one sucked and had no business being pushed on hospitals. And it wasn't pushed on hospitals to help them, no, no, no. It was pushed on hospitals to help Microsoft. So please, when you tell me the shit, oh, oh and let me add one other thing about our good friend Microsoft Amalgam in 2010. And nobody knows if this actually happened, but we did know it was possible because of its design. There is something at a hospital called the Infectious Disease Report. And what is the Infectious Disease Report? Well, this is a report that goes out to nurses and doctors and clinicians around the hospital telling them which rooms have had a patient with hospital acquired infection or a really bad infection. Why do they have this report? Because if you're a post-op, which means you just went to surgery, and I stick you into a room where somebody had MRSA, yeah, you might have had a success, successful surgery, but you may end up as one of the 100,000 plus people that die in hospitals every, every year because, yes, you got infected. That's, the, that's why you have a hospital acquired, you know, that, that, that infectious disease report. That's why you have it. And anyways, it has to come out every morning, and that's the key. It needs to be accurate. It needs to come out on time. Amalga couldn't even do that. It couldn't do it. It was so badly designed we had an infectious disease reporting that was rate, that was rate, that was late, and in many cases I'm gonna drink some more water here. We had that infectious disease report that was late, which is bad, but in, in cases it was probably inaccurate, which is just as bad. So please, 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 please. If you're trying to tell me that this is a fucking bad apple, I'm telling you the whole tree is diseased. The whole thing. It's its not like parts of this economy are still free enterprise. It's all a fucking racket on the Death Star, people. You can pretend, oh I deliver pizza, I deliver pizza, I make artisanal watches on Etsy, I just make my watches on the Death Star and sell them on Etsy. Oh yeah, I, I know there's this guy who works for the CIA and he loves my watches back, he tells me he couldn't do his fucking job without them. He says that every time he hears an explosion, he thinks of my watches, my mechanical watches on Etsy, on the Death Star. I don't like talking about the Amalga story because it also involves one of those moments when I realized as much as I like to program computers, I just hate the industry. I hate the industry. It's filled with liars and cheats and scoundrels. Most of the people that rise up are just some of the worst scumbags you'd meet. And at Microsoft, it's even worse because they'll protect themselves with all kinds of fucking new-agey, PC, transgendered force fields. Or they'll say things like, well, I'm on the spectrum. Dan, you can't hold me accountable for doing what I did. I'm on the spectrum. Dan, I know I lied about that safety report for that plane, but, you know, I'm on the spectrum. Dan, I know that you caught me burying this hooker, but I'm on the spectrum. I'm kind of autistic. So please, Dan, keep your fucking, you know, non-autistic bullshit to yourself, your cisgendered, non-autistic crapola. Because I'm on the spectrum, and that's why you caught me burying a dead hooker. Yes, folks, at Microsoft, shit like this will happen, and they'll claim that they're on the spectrum, or confused about their sexuality, or suffering from racism or sexism, and it's why they did the nasty thing they did. And they promise that if you hire more lawyers, bad things will stop happening. They promise, they mean it this time. They really, really, really do. Sorry about all that, but sometimes I have to talk about it because like I said, I used to love to program computers And, and I think I still would if I could write code either for myself or for a business where it wasn't just all crap but it all ends up being crap and most of the work I get as a contractor now, and yeah it's my fault because I don't have a career, I have jobs I get, but most of the jobs I get I would call them being a software janitor, like they hired a bunch of H1Bs to write code, the code turned out shitty, they hired some fucking diversity hires to write code, the code turned out shitty They hired a bunch of people for reasons that had nothing to do with skill and the code turned out shitty and now we just need some janitor to come fucking fix it. And so that's what I get to be, a fucking code janitor. And so if you're asking me, Dan, is there great professional fulfillment in being a code janitor? No. Especially when you know that there's a right answer, but for reasons that have nothing to do with engineering, you are expected to provide the wrong answer. That's Microsoft, that's Amazon, that's the companies that run the Hanford contracts, you know, with all that dangerous shit, yeah. That's Boeing. Guess what? That's every fucking McDonald's franchise. That's the whole fucking shebang. The whole thing. And I know you want to believe in the bad apple theory. It's a nice theory because it it makes us feel better. It's like, Dan, it was just a bad apple. If we just get rid of the bad apples, everything will be fine. If we just get rid of the bad apples, Dan, it'll be okay. All we have to do is get rid of the bad apples, Dan. to this podcast and you enjoy it, and you have taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, you paid for your hookers, your cocaine, you paid for everything you're going to need in that bunker in Antarctica, in the alien fucking pyramid that used to be buried under ice but is now visible if you can go to Antarctica, if you've done all the things you need to do, and you're getting ready to leave town for a long trip... You can donate to the Little Saigon Report. Links to Venmo and PayPal will be in the description of this podcast. Links to Venmo and PayPal will be on the description area of my main SoundCloud homepage, yes. You can donate if you want to, you don't have to. But if you do donate, you'll be helping a middle-aged, burned-out computer programmer avoid the horror of Red Mound, I don't call it Redmond any longer, I call it Red Mound, because even if it's apocryphal, it sort of jives with a a hidden Native American tragedy that happened sometime in the 19th century, and they called it Red Mound in honor of all the bloody dust that occurred on that hill, and then they built a factory on top of it called Willy Wonka's on the spectrum and kind of sociopathic software factory, a.k.a. Microsoft. Red Mound, if you want to prevent me from going back to Red Mound, you just have to donate a little and get other people to donate a little. If I can get up to two grand a month, I can live here in Little Saigon like a king, a hobo king. But you're not required. And if all you can do is listen, that's fine. And if all you can do is forward links to get other people to listen, that's better. And I hope you have a great Friday. Thank God, right? This Friday, this Friday, this Friday, January the 10th, 2020. January the 10th, 2020. On this Friday, there but for the grace of God, go on.